Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. Oh my gosh, we're recording. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bienvenida, Kelly. Muchas gracias, Katie. Oh, hi. Hey, this girl. Is so, this is my first podcast across the mundo, which is world for my non-Spanish speakers. This is bonkers. You so have good to, to see you. You have to translate, you know, for your millions oh. of followers, you know. Oh yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Keep yeah. up the translations. And if if any Spanish slips out of my mouth, you just you be yeah. my translator. Right? Yeah, you know, I gotta represent the people wherever they're from, whatever language they speak. <laughs> translate it across different languages. Who knows? Who knows what we'll do? How many languages do you speak? Oh, just the one. But I'm okay, just good. You know. so <laughs> hopefully nothing comes up. <laughs> oh yeah, just the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi. Oh my gosh, this hi. is the best. It's so exciting. Kelly, you're I think you to date, you're my what well, okay. My mom was on the podcast, so she's technically my oldest friend. But I, I think, heard that podcast. I'm I'm like I've been fangirling you a long time. It was such a good podcast. This your, is, your mom good. and aunts. Totally it cried on that one. It was good. Yeah. Um yeah, but other than my mom, you're my oldest friend to date on this podcast. So uh, what an honor. So you know the real, the real Smitty. Um, oh girl. Um, back to the the high school days. So um, but we're not talking about me today. We're talking about you. And I would love for I you to just you tell us, tell us what's going on. Tell us who you are. <laughs> who am I? Um, that's a really good question. It's a big I'm, cue. Big cue. Listen, I've been spending my whole life trying to figure that out and I'm still at Same it. Z's. Same But <laughs> I, uh, my name's, my name's Kelly. I am from Sparks, Nevada. Yes. Representing Sparks. Um, but have been living in Spain now for seven and a half years, which is pretty bonkers. It um, is. Yeah. Met a man on a random vacation, like the first vacation I ever took in my life. And, uh, you know, he tracked me down like a stalker on Facebook afterwards. And we just started <laughs> sending romantic, poorly translated notes to each other. And one thing led to another. And now I live here and <laughs> love it. And um, just had a, had a little baby in October. Yes. So yeah, a little eight month old. What's his gem. name? His name's Luca. He's the love of my life. He's so, really cute. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy to be a mama. That's, that's so crazy. I, I love that. I know. And just seeing, like seeing our, all of our friends, like make small humans, like, you know, I remember when we were all 16, like piled in a car going camping and should have not been anyone's mother. I mean, of course we were very young, but, uh, just like fast forward and we're like, you know, mom statuses, (laughs) you know, (laughs) does one ever get fully Uh, there? Hmm, I don't know. See, see how they turn out. Yeah. Um, well, that's the, such a, like, I'm sure 
you know, for so many people, such like a magical story, you know, you <laughs> met, you met in the Dominican Republic on a vacation, right? You met yeah. this, like, we'll call him exotic. I've met him. Well, <laughs> I think it's fair. Um, exotic Spanish man, you know, love starts. And then suddenly you're picking up and moving your whole entire life to yeah. España. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal. Like now I look at it and I'm like, oh, I just live here. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it's pretty big deal. Like everyone thought I was fully nuts, completely out of my mind. Like there were definitely interventions that took place with (laughs) friends, family, everyone was just like, are you sure? What is wrong with you? Like you're quitting your big job. I had like, you know, a pretty good job there. I worked in the casino industry in Vegas, like was working my way up the ladder and um, yeah, I just kind of threw it all to the wind for amor. For can amor. You can you, can you translate please? <clears throat> Love. Very good. Thank yep. you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Anytime. So yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it was a big deal at the time. There was definitely turmoil and drama in my life with, you know, the family and friends just being like, what are you doing? Sure. I just, I just knew dude, it's, it's so weird. It's, one of those things, like I, I just knew, and it could have also totally fallen apart. Right. I could have said, yeah. I just knew, and then it could have gone to shit, but it didn't. It's so true. I think, I think, you know, your gut tells you stuff and it could last five minutes and it could be the whole time and totally. either way, gotta do it. Totally. I'm a huge, yeah. huge proponent of that. Gotta mm-hmm. do it no matter what. Yeah. That's why we're doing this podcast at, well, now it's 8 a.m. my time, but it was prior to 8 a.m. and which is early. And I was like, got to do it though. Oh man, girl, because we I gotta, appreciate your sacrifice. Oh, listen, anything for you. <laughs> um, this is the first time we've seen each other's faces in a long time. And it's just really real nice. Just Way too long. Like, oh, I want to hug you. We're going to do this on the weekly now. I know. I know. We just started a new thing. So, okay. So magical story. You move to, um, move to Spain. All of your friends and family are like, dude, what's going on? Um, you get there, you don't have a job. You don't speak the language. Cause I remember at the time you had some, maybe some Spanish under your belt, but I remember oh, no. zero. Okay. No, like you- Azul y donde esta la biblioteca. Okay. Dude, perfect. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So no, no friends. I mean, uh, his friends. Right. Um, and then, uh, which means no friends. Cause (laughs) like, I mean, that's awkward. Even if you're in the same country when like your only friends are his friends. Right. And they're all just rapidly speaking Spanish and you're just like, "Ah, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It was, um, it was really intense. I, I will admit now that it was like, kind of crazy. I mean, you're making me sound crazy as you tell this story. And I'm realizing that maybe I was a little bit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I Um, think it's the best, but hard. I think that's the thing that's that's like people don't get. And I don't even get, um, is how hard it is under this like book cover of Mm -hmm. glamorous meta foreign guy moved to a foreign country. It's like, Oh, oh, totally. I'm like all actually all alone, except for my dude who has his whole life built here. Totally. Oh yeah. There was very little glamor when I got here. It was like, 
the most glamorous thing was that like I would go to the store and buy the fresh bread every day. And that was just like, this is delicious. And this is exciting because I could just do that. Like I spoke enough Spanish to say pan por favor. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it was crazy. So I I got here. I didn't plan on getting a job for a while. I I planned on just kind of like taking a year off. I had some savings and stuff. So just planned on learning the language and figuring out if this was going to work. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, I was definitely prepared. I, I, I knew in my gut that it would from the get-go, but then at the same time I was prepared for it not to, I mean, you know, things could fall apart at any time. Like I only knew this guy from a distance really. Right. And, um, so yeah, I, I was feeling it out. We were just kind of living together, seeing how things went. I went to like the, the language school here for four hours a day and was just trying to learn (laughs) Spanish. It was so, so funny at the beginning because I had a bunch of Brazilian people in my, in my class. And I thought like, this was entry level. This was very beginning Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were all super fluent in Spanish because they were speaking Portuguese. And I was like, oh my God, they, they have, like, I can't be in the same class with these people. <laughs> they, they all know what they're doing. The languages sound really similar. Right. And well, for a beginner at least. And uh, yeah, that was terrifying. I cried for a long time. There was, there were a lot of tears. There was a lot mm-hmm. of, there were a lot of firsts. There was a lot of, yeah, super uncomfortable um, times with his friends where it was just, I was in a crowd of 15 Spanish speaking people, just, you know, how they speak here. I mean, Mm -hmm. at, they all speak on top of each other and just super fast and super loud. And I was just like smiling and nodding and didn't know what else to do. Right. Yeah, for sure. It was rough. Well, and, and then you also like probably become extra dependent on your partner because totally. they, you know, he speaks English. So you're like, okay, there's my the person I can like vent to and like, Hey, like, what were you guys saying all night? Cause I didn't really pick it up. And then, <laughs> so it's just like this whole, like, you're my whole world. Ah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Totally. In the beginning. And he was wonderful with that. Looking back on it, like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure for him mm-hmm. to be like, I gotta, you know, make sure this girl survives here. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and he was wonderful. Um, but for sure. I mean, it was definitely not a storybook fairy tale love story all along. It yeah. Was, it was, there were definitely ups and downs for sure. Well, and leave it up to me on this podcast to highlight the challenging parts. Cause that's the whole point is like overcoming, but at the same time, like, this is the coolest thing ever that you're, you've done. And like, especially looking back, you're like, I like just live here and this is my life and I've made it super weird. Yeah. 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 I, I do think about that sometimes. And I do try to actually remind myself of those things and like, feel proud of myself for it. Cause it, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. And like, it took bravery and, and courage. Although at the time I swear, I just felt like I was just following my gut and that's what I had to do. Like it felt mm-hmm. like doing anything but that was just going so against everything that my body and mind were feeling that it was like, that didn't make sense to just say that, well, that's really far away and I don't speak the language and it could totally fall apart. Like, I don't know that none of that felt like anything that I should listen to. 
it, yeah. at the time. It just felt like, yeah, it's going to be really, really challenging. It's going to be really hard, but like, let's, let's see what happens here. I've done hard things. Like people can do hard things. It's, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Right. Love it. Yep. <laughs> Our girl, the Glennon Doyle. You listen her. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. 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 So good. Um, well, tell me the, like your favorite parts about being an expat and like being over there. I gotta say, um, this is going to sound really, uh, non romantic and non fairy tale. Like my favorite part about being over here is all of the Americans that I have found. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, no, that's not actually true. I really love a lot of things and I will tell you them, but I have found this really great group of American friends, like by chance. And that has been really, really nice. Cause yeah. even I, I do now have a, a lot of wonderful Spanish friends and beautiful people that I'm so blessed to have in my life. Um, but sometimes you just need to speak your own language. You know, yes. there's sometimes there's just stuff that you can't get across in another mm-hmm. language. And so, um, or I, sometimes I just don't totally feel myself in another language. So that's been mm-hmm. really, really nice in the past yeah. few years to have that. I bet. But other than that, I mean, I love the walking culture. That's probably one of my absolute favorite parts that I don't drive. I haven't driven since I've been here, which is Whoa, just like, and yep. I used to love driving. Like, I don't know if you remember in high school, like I was the driver. Yeah. Betty. I, yeah, dude. Betty brought us everywhere. <laughs> I, I would go driving like for fun and sport, which is probably not okay to say now, now that everybody's so worried about the environment, but like I used to just drive for fun. I still, I mean, yeah. Driving with the like, um, music up and just jamming, singing top of your lungs. It's really good feeling. Beats it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't drive here and I don't miss it. I Mm -hmm. really don't. And Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Um, the, just the social nature of the people here is, fantastic. Um, you know, everybody just uh, spends a lot of time out in the streets, out at the bars, like out and not in like a belligerent way out at the bars, like mm-hmm. in a, they can have one beer in, a cor- over the course of two hours because they're right. just like chatting and having a great time together. Yes. Um, and I mean, the food is amazing. Mm-hmm. The, just the, just the culture, the, the work to live yes. instead of live to work culture is really, really, really what I love. And for a long time, what I loved also was um, that it felt a little bit kind of behind the times over here. Mm-hmm. And there's less and less of that. Like I see, I see a bunch of fast food restaurants popping up all the time mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> like, and I see like the teenagers, the, the, they're the same here as they are in the States. Right. And so, right things catch up. But for a long time, I loved that. It felt like I was living in the past a little bit. Like I still, I do hang my clothes on a clothesline. Like we don't have dryers here. So that's, that's great. I mean, that's whatever it is. Is it humid there? Because I feel like I've tried it in a humid place and then they just stay wet for like the rest of my life. (laughs) No, no. Okay. Okay. So they actually dry. Okay. Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And I love a good clothesline, you know, those dryers overrated. Totally. (laughs) Sometimes that's great. Like that, that's a great lineup. And I I think the the thing that is so intriguing to me always is the work-life 
balance, um, which I know, I mean, I mean, even learning of like a siesta where businesses literally just stop working in the middle of the day was so foreign to me. Like when I went there to study and then now I'm like that just, yeah, I want that. Um, and I, I wonder, I'd love to talk about how, and you said you left with a, a big job in, um, in Vegas and then moving there, like, how did you go through grappling with your identity as a worker? Oh man. Um, and, and I've, I've seen it sort of unfold even to this day, which we'll talk about what you're up to now, but like, how did you, how was that journey of like, I have to work all the time. And like, I make X money to, I don't have a job because I, I, I'm assuming there's like visa stuff and right. then, and then totally and then to where you are today. Tell me everything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, I mean, it's funny that you just asked me that because I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that, like to tell the story of all that in its entirety. And that has probably honestly been one of the most challenging parts for sure. Cause a yeah. big part of my identity was wrapped up in being like a workaholic basically yeah. and being in corporate America. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I just always thought that I would work my way up the ladder and like, Mm -hmm. that's what my destiny was going to be. And like that, the more hours I worked, the more worthy I was. And, you know, the bigger my paycheck, the more worthy I would be. And Mm -hmm. like all of that. And so coming over here and literally, just leaving all that behind and not knowing what I was going to do next was in the beginning, it was freeing. Cause it was just like, I don't have a job. This is awesome. Like I'm going to Spanish classes and yeah. like, I have nothing to do. This is great. But then, yeah, as time went on, it was like, all right, shit, money's running out. There were definitely, yeah. um, visa issues in the beginning that we had to figure out. Mm-hmm. And Originally, I thought that I was going to get a big corporate job in Madrid. Like Mm -hmm. we're an hour train ride from Madrid. So I thought that that would be my plan. Like there Mm -hmm. were, you know, I had done some research before I came here. There were some big companies there. I figured with my background in in marketing that I would be able to get in with a pretty decent company and, you know, uh, that needed me, whether it were even if it were only for my language skills, sure, my English, yeah. you know, like I just figured that I could find something in Madrid and it wouldn't be a big deal to take the train in every day. Mm-hmm. And then as it got closer to kind of like the time to figure all of that out, I just felt like really shut down to that whole idea. I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that. There was nothing about me that wanted to go do that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do instead, but I was just like, that feels awful. Right. And I definitely went through, um, a period and still, and still face this actually to this day of feeling like, have I become lazy? Mm. <laughs> like being in this sort of like siesta culture, right. Where it's like, right. I think that it, Americans, we view, a lot of different cultures, probably specifically the Spanish culture as like lazy, like who takes a freaking nap in the middle of the day? Like, what is that even about? And, you know, um, so I, I, I have struggled with that a lot. Like 
there was so much of my value wrapped up in being a hard worker and working yep. a ton of hours that, mm-hmm. that I definitely have felt, yeah, lazy, that I have become lazy over, over the years. And I don't think that's it. I think I've just been on a path searching for what I really want to do with my life. Right. I feel like I got really lucky that this particular opportunity moving across the world and going through all of this made me sort of open my eyes to the fact that I could kind of do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And I think the the whole, like, have I become lazy thing? That is absolutely a cultural thing that has been infused into you from the United States, like work more, make more, be more, climb the ladder. And so I would imagine, I mean, like you said, to this day, you're still wondering, like, I think it takes like a, an eternity to shed that layer. Um, sure. And, and I'm feeling it hard, you know, like I work in corporate America and I'm like, Oh, feel that. I feel that girl. Yeah. Um, and well, so, and like, no, there's, there's people over here, the majority of people over here, like their objective is to find the highest paying job where they have to work the least. Yeah. Like that's Sounds their great. objective. It's Sounds not. Great. And that's not like a shameful thing. No. That's not like a, it's like, those are the smart people who right. <laughs> literally get paid a lot to work very little. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the States, that's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't exist over there. Yeah. And so I I bet there's like this long line of just like decompression from that and like, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I, and a lot of, I noticed like a lot of the episodes that I've done are around like defining yourself outside of your job. Right. Um, because that's like, that's the, the good stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I don't even know exactly where it comes from that that's so ingrained in the American culture that like your worth comes from your work, mm-hmm. but it's definitely huge and, and so, so wrong, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it, the, the number of hours that you work in a day have nothing to do with how worthy you are as a person or even who you are and right. And, yet that's definitely the narrative there in the States. So yeah, it's, there's a big difference. Yeah. And do you, do you talk about this a lot with your um, other American friends in Spain? Is it kind of like, Oh my gosh, what, what were we doing? Or how does that? Well, so most of them over here are uh, business owners. They Mm. have just like, it's, it is between the visas and the, um, like, I can't even think of the English word that I'm looking for, like making your degree valid, your, your degree from the United States valid over here Okay, is super complicated. Mm. And so between all of those hoops that you have to jump through, like a lot of them have just started their own things. One of them has an English Academy. Another one has a a school of dance. Yes. Another one owns like a business that is for um, international exchange. So yeah, I mean, they've kind of just all done their own things, which has been super inspiring to me. Yeah, I bet. And so tell me about your current journey with, you know, whether it's, it has anything to do with like making money, but like, just like your passion right now and with, yeah, tell us what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, 
it, it hopefully has to do with making money at some yeah. point. <laughs> I just started out, but, um, which is funny. That's something that, uh, um, again, I think we have a lot of issues around in the States around like money mentality. And that's actually something mm-hmm. that I'm really super interested in. So I'll leave that as like a side note, but, mm-hmm. um, like, I think we're all pretty screwed up when it comes to how we view money and, and how we view ourselves as capable of making money and, what we think is okay around all of that. Right. Super interesting stuff that I'm digging into right now. But yeah, um, I have been into like personal development, self-improvement my whole life. I mean, my, my parents were into it. They sent me to like leadership camps when I was a teenager. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've just always been into that kind of stuff. And, um, so yeah, I've always, I've always kind of felt deep down that I wanted to do something that had to do with that. I got into a network marketing business uh, a few years back. And I realize now that the reason I got into that was strictly because of the personal development side of mm-hmm. it. Like that's a huge part of network marketing is, um, you know, people really need to make sure that their mindset is straight because it, it can be a tough a tough world out there. Right. And yep. so, um, it's all about mindset and teamwork and just improving your, yourself and your life. And so I realize now that that's just always been what I've been drawn to. Mm-hmm. And I hired a coach, um, a few months back, I guess it was like, yeah, four or five months back because I kind of was at this point where I was just like, what am I going to do? I don't want to go out there and get a real job. Like I would rather just, I don't know. I I'd rather <laughs> do a million things <laughs> yeah. before I go yeah. do that. Um, and so I hired this coach to kind of like help me figure out my life. And I had the idea in my head that I was kind of hiring her to help me figure out how to improve upon my network marketing business. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that that was the route that I wanted to go in, um, the direction that I wanted to go in. And she, in our very first call together was like, you don't really even sound that into that, <laughs> like that thing that you're doing. She's like, that doesn't even really sound like you're excited about it. She's like, tell me what it is that makes you excited about it. And I started telling her all of these things that made me excited about it. And she was like, so you mean, it sounds like you kind of want to be a coach. I was (laughs) like, well, okay, I guess. (laughs) Totally called me out and, and made me realize something that I think I've always known deep down, but that I would never allow myself to explore, right? And so since then, I have just been completely on fire with this Mm -hmm. idea of like, oh my God, yes. Like, yes, this is what I was born to do. Like this is, I love that everything that I love in life. And, and I just have a lifetime of like all of these nuggets in my head that I want to share with people and like help make other people's lives better. And yeah. So that's, I, I recently got certified in, um, neuro-linguistic programming as a life and success coach, as an emotional freedom technique practitioner, as a time technique practitioner in hypnotherapy. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, right. I'm ready oh. to go. Like I'm, I'm totally on fire about it all. 
So I love yeah. it. So you just pulled the trigger to learn more. You were like, yeah. I want to learn this and this and this and this, and just, yes, that's yeah. amazing. I can, it's funny, like your body language also lit up when you're talking about it. And isn't that amazing? Just like, you know, your body doesn't lie to, totally. to you when you're talking through different things. And it's so great that your coach identified that because I think we can all tell ourselves a pretty sweet story about how like happy we are. (laughs) And they're like, nah, (laughs) like you're literally saying you're happy through like, you know, a clinch jaw. I'm so happy. (laughs) This is the best. (laughs) Yeah, totally. But it takes somebody else a lot of times to be able to reflect back to you, like to be a mirror for you and to reflect that back to you and be like, "Mm, are you sure that that's what's really going on up there in that noggin? Cause that's not what I'm seeing. Right. And you have to be willing to hear what they're saying instead of like, no, 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 like, no, I'm good. Cause it's scary to switch gears. Absolutely. For Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. 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 And And it was, yeah, it was scary for the first, like, yeah, for the first week, it was just like contemplation of just like, wait, could I? Right. And then a lot of these fears came up about like, I can't be a coach because I don't have my life a hundred percent together. Oh, I feel that so hard. Keep going. (laughs) So like, Mm -hmm. right. But like who that, it, it sounds ridiculous. And, and, and what was it that my coach told me? She was like, do you think that Michael Jordan's coach played basketball better than him? I was like, <gasps> that's great. Oh, what? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> true is that? Yeah. It's like mind blown. And like, you know, Tony Robbins has a coach. I'm sure mm-hmm. like that, you know what I mean? Every, every coach therapists have therapists. Has, totally. Mm-hmm. We are never all going to have it all figured out. It's, it's all a journey, but as long as you have one tiny thing, a little more figured out than the next person, then you can pass that on to the next person and help them out. Right. That's all yes. And thank you for highlighting that because that I, I have to say, is one of my biggest blockers in doing anything in my life is Mm -hmm. I don't know if I know enough to help someone else. And, you know, you even, you know, your instinct to go get all these certifications, you're like, I got to like stack my deck. Right. And it's like, and it's like, yay. I'm so glad you have those. And you probably didn't need to, to like offer value to someone. But, um, but it was something you needed to do to just like make yourself feel like I can do this more and offer more. And I totally get that. I do the same thing. I mean, even kicking off the podcast was like, why, what, who's going to listen to what I've got to say? Like, I don't have like a PhD or whatever it is. Um, and so you just, thanks girl, (laughs) but you just like, kind of got to kick yourself off the old ledge. Totally. Oh my gosh. And there's always going to be like, even now I'm like, do I have enough certifications? Like what's (laughs) next? Like what else do I go do? And like, you don't even need any certification to go be a coach. Like you can call yourself a coach with nothing because it's exactly that. Like if you have a little bit of value to offer somebody, then go offer it. Like (laughs) you don't have to. Exactly. Makes me think of uh, Kanye West, the college dropout. Like when he was like, there's this one part where he's like, I have all these degrees and he, and, and Kanye doesn't. And look at what Kanye did for our culture. I mean, come on. Like pre, you know, anyone done more (laughs) (laughs) for better, for worse. Um, yeah. Anyway, for some reason called dropout stuck out to me, but yeah, I think it's like, we pressure ourselves to have all these 
this like whole Rolodex of like offerings, but it's like, we offer a lot. Like we have been around the block. We, and recognizing that not everybody will be able to hear us, but so many will. So it's like, I don't have to like, you know, apply to the masses. I have to apply to like the people who will hear me, you know? Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because that's something I really try to tell myself all the time that like, I'm not going to be for everybody and that doesn't matter, but the people I, and, and like you and I could go out to the world and say the exact same thing. Cause really mm-hmm. there's only so much information out there. Right. Yes. But it doesn't matter. Some people are going to hear it from you and some people are going to be able to hear it from me, regardless of whether yes. we say the exact same thing. Yeah. That's a, such a good point because like, you know, I think about, you know, some of the heavy hitters that I follow, like Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh, I want to, you know, be like them. And then I'm like, you know, a lot, a lot of them are saying like the same core elements. Of course, they all have their own like niches and they, you know, an expertise, but it's just like, you know, you know, the same core things, caring for yourself and, prioritizing mental health and, um, having a low ego and what, whatever it is, but, um, but you're right. It's like, and, um, my friend Paul, who's been on the podcast, like one thing he said to me a long time ago was like, they're not necessarily buying what you're telling them. They're buying you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could sell that. I could sell that. (laughs) Well, and the way that you make them feel right. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about you, Katie, that makes people feel a certain way and they want to be around you because of that. Like, and you have such a gift for making people feel amazing. And like, that's, that's what they want. Everything in everything in life is about a feeling like everything that we do or we don't do is because we either want to move closer to a feeling that it's going to bring us or move further away from a feeling that we're scared of. And you you just got to make people feel the way you naturally make them feel. Right. I totally agree with that. Well, thank you. And likewise, which is why I was like, let's talk across the world because (laughs) I need to connect with you. How amazing is this that we can do this? This is really, really neat. So what are your, like, what are your top things that you are loving to talk about right now? Like the things that really fire you up within the context of coaching others? Yeah. Well, um, so a little bit about what I, what I was just talking about with feelings. I think most of my kind of the, the program that I've designed and all the content that, that I design ends up going back to that, that everything that we do in life, we do it for a feeling. So we may think that we want more money or a relationship or a better body or whatever it is or, or material things, right? The house, the car, the purse, whatever. And at the end of the day, we do all of those things because of the way that we think that it's going to make us feel. Everything is about how, how we feel the way Mm -hmm. that we feel is what causes us to act in life. And and that's Mm -hmm. what produces our results that we have. And so, and, and we also do on the other side of that, we also do a lot of things in life, especially now in today's culture that move us away from feeling the negative emotions that we don't mm-hmm. want to feel. So yeah. whether it's um, a lot of Netflix or a lot of wine or a lot of social <laughs> media or all of those things that 
we all do um, to kind of move us away from feeling those feelings that we, that we want to escape a little bit, right? Those things mm-hmm. like anxiety or all those, all those yucky feelings. And yeah. really life is kind of about all of it. It's about mm-hmm. experiencing all of those things. And it doesn't matter how, how much, how much, you know, how much you have life figured out. Like you're always, everyone's always going to experience positive and negative emotions. So it's just with how, how you deal with those. Right. And being able to, being able to sit with the negative emotions and really feel them and allow them to be there. Mm -hmm. And then also being able to use a lot of these different techniques that I've learned to be able to shift how you feel in the moment, right. To be able to take yourself from a feeling that you don't want to feel into a feeling that you do want to feel. Cause that's something that we have the power to do at any moment. Like right. it, even, even without using these fancy techniques that I've learned, which there are a ton, like I could tell you right now to think about a super happy moment in your life. And I could tell you to close your eyes and like put yourself in that moment and see the things you saw and feel the things you felt and hear all the things that you heard. And you would literally like you are right now, you're smiling, but like mm-hmm. you, you would feel happy. Right. And so yeah. that's proof that like we can feel happy anytime we want to. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not necessarily that easy. Right. So a lot of the, the other, the other really important part of the work that I'm doing, the part that has really changed my life is um, the subconscious belief reprogramming. So a lot of the coaching that I have been exposed to in my whole life has been like, yeah, just think happy thoughts. And, you know, just if you're having a bad day, well, decide to feel better. And yeah. if you want to go after that big job, well, just go get it. Yeah. Like all of that kind of like, cheerleader type Mm -hmm. coaching. And for me personally, all of that only gets me to a certain point and then I I get blocked. And what I have figured out is what's blocking me is my underlying subconscious beliefs. Right. So our subconscious mind is formed at a very, very early age. And there's all of these, all of this information that is sort of poured into our subconscious mind. And we don't even really know that it's there, but it's literally Mm -hmm. running our lives right now. Yeah. So like, I, I always like to use money as an example. So if you are, you know, you start a business and you're struggling to make money, a lot of times you can dig down and realize that maybe when you were young, your parents, for example, were always fighting about money and money was a huge issue in your house. And so you've got a subconscious belief that money means fighting and money means problems and money causes issues. Right. And so as an adult, you're not going to go out there and make money. You're going to self-sabotage. Yes. You're going to keep yourself from from doing the things that you really consciously want to do because your subconscious beliefs are getting in the way. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit what I'm working with people on is like reprogramming those, those subconscious beliefs that are really kind of running the show without us even knowing it. Yeah. That that's such a, 
I like the framing of like reprogramming because I think that a lot of people, especially people who, you know, don't go to therapy or, um, you know, don't really self-explore, which like, you know, to each their own, although I Mm -hmm. highly encourage it. Um, (laughs) but like, I used to get really upset because in, in therapy, when it was like, well, how do you think that connects to your growing up and your mom or your dad or Mm. your brothers or whatever it is? And I'm like, why do we keep coming back here? And which, you know, it can be annoying, but at the same time, it's, it is thinking about that subconscious building that's happening in your youth. Because I think I read that like, uh, up to like your early, early twenties, your subconscious mind is getting informed and built. And then it kind of, whatever, uh, lack of a better scientific term, like chills out (laughs) and, and, and then you're kind of like, boom, that's the print. And so all this stuff that built up in those early years of your life are now your underbelief. Yes. And so I was like, okay, so it's not about like my, you know, a person in my family personally, it's like what was happening in that time to inform my beliefs for better or for worse. Yeah. And how do I like act on those beliefs now? It's fascinating. Absolutely. Well, and like not knocking therapy at all because I, I love it. And I'm all with you. Like it's a huge, important thing to do in life, but, um, I, I've never loved that either. Like going mm-hmm. back and digging back and being like, Ooh, why do we have to get into that personal stuff? Yeah. And what's cool is that a lot of these techniques that I've learned are like, you don't even have to get into the personal stuff because like mm-hmm. with hypnosis and with, um, this time techniques, um, technique that we use, you can literally go back and you can, you can talk to somebody's kind of subconscious mind and get the root answers because those are the, the, the first answers that come to them without even like, yeah. Right. But, (laughs) and you can literally go back and heal those, those situations without Mm -hmm. having to like be in them and hash them out and like get really deep in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And And yeah, also it's, it's, you have to have a huge understanding that like nobody did anything to you by programming you in that way. Like everybody was just doing the best they could. Our parents all just did the best that they could. And everyone around us did the best that they could. And we're going to do the best that we can with our kids. But like, that's just the way that the brain is formed. Right. By the things that it sees. And most people don't know that. So (laughs) they act however they act. Yes. Yeah. I mean, self-awareness is like step one, just like, you know, are you, are you being kind of an a-hole? Why is that? You know, (laughs) (laughs) couldn't, doesn't have to be a-hole, but that's what came up for me. (laughs) Totally. Just asking yourself the question. Yeah. That's really neat. And I think so valuable to so many, especially moving into a world where like, even I noticed that I don't love to talk on the phone, for example, like, I don't, you know, I'm, I have become a product of like wanting to text. Mm-hmm. And so I think for someone who is like, not really into like, let's go spend an hour talking about when I was four, um, <laughs> to turning it into something like I can make this more comfortable, um, you know, at, go through a hypnosis process and it's like kind of like efficient maybe where it's just like totally. let's get to the heart of it quick and then start building towards that might be that's probably really approachable for people 
I've never even Nesting. thought about that, but yeah, totally. It's way more efficient. Like it's quick. These techniques are super quick and it's like yeah. you, it's nuts the way that you can literally talk to somebody's subconscious mind and get these answers that are like crazy. So there's this one technique that we do where we are trying to discover the root cause of a certain emotion. And in this language that we use, we're able to speak directly to the subconscious mind and people's answers for like how, like when was the first instance of this emotion? I've heard people say in the womb at at, at four months, I've heard people say generational nine years back. I mean, like, and that's just the first answer that comes and they, your subconscious stores all of the, the information from your whole life. Like, wow. So it's, it's nuts. Yeah. It's pretty, this is nuts. This is nuts. I'm so glad you're like thinking about this and doing this. And like, this is obviously not the last time we're going to talk about all this. Oh man. I'm, I'm you, you, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. We're fired up. Fired up. up. (laughs) Got to go to my day job soon. It's going to, it's going to just not going to (laughs) compare. Oh man. Oh, this is good. This is good. That's why you should just become a professional podcaster. Uh, working on it, you know, just like, for you, girl. just looking out, Hey sponsors, like HMU <laughs> hit me up. Um, I think I always try to like <laughs> sneak in a sponsor. Um, last time it was target. So <laughs> listen, <laughs> gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta do it. They'll, you know, if you build it, they will come is what they Absolutely, say. Absolutely girl. Mm-hmm. You are building it. Yes. You as well. This is exciting stuff. It is. We're living the dream, baby. Yeah. So what else? Like, I think this has been such a fantastic talk about, um, you know, your journey with like your identity as a career person, your identity as an American moving to Spain. Uh, let's spend a couple minutes on talking about your identity as a mom. Oh man. Um, big one. I know. Um, (laughs) big one. And especially like, and I've had the great fortune of seeing some of my dearest pals, like become mothers during this really wild time. And it's just like, I'm ever inspired by it, but yeah. Talk to me about like your journey with Luca and you know, what you're learning from that. For sure. Oh my gosh. Learning so much. Um, Yeah. Like I, I found that I was pregnant in February. So right before the March debacle of (laughs) the world falling apart, but you know, what's really weird. I felt really good all throughout my pregnancy. I, I felt really good emotionally. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I feel really blessed that that's the way I felt because had it gone any other way, like being locked in this tiny little Spanish, Piso is Mm -hmm. we don't have like a balcony and there were a lot of months where like we could not go outside unless we were going to the grocery store or the pharmacy. And, um, and when I say outside, I mean like that, I know that it was that way in the States too, but like you guys have backyards for the most part, you know what I mean? Like it's not the case here. Um, and so that was really hard just in the pregnancy. I remember doing laps around my kitchen because yeah. it was just like, I have to walk. I have to like, right. Get out and move my body a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, my husband got COVID right before like five days before my due date. Oh my Lord. That was slightly stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, 
I thought I was going to have to deliver the baby alone by myself in Spain, which like I, I do speak fluently now, but I just was terrified for sure. Like, what you're if terrified I, anyway. And then yeah, you're terrified anyway. And then it's like, what if you don't understand something that the doctors or nurses are telling you about Ugh. kind of an important thing? A little <laughs> anyway. bit, a little important. <laughs> But as it turned out, there was a total blessing. Luckily, he had no symptoms and no, you know, it was a really mild case. And because of that, we got permission from the embassy for my mom to come. Oh, so wow. That was huge because that's humongous for that to get that permission for her to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't give us permission. And so the fact that like I was literally going to be alone in the world and have no one. Then they, they, they let her through. So my mom like came in, packed a bag, like flew over two days before I delivered and was here for a month. So that was amazing and beautiful. Um, So yeah, just being a mom has been for me an incredible experience. I understand that for a lot of women, it's not. And I have, I hold so much space for that. Like, not, not that it's not, but that there are a lot of trials and, and, um, and of course there are trials no matter what for every mom, but, um, a lot of people go through a lot of really tough emotions and a lot of, um, really tough, uh, babies, right. A lot of Mm -hmm. different problems with the babies. And I just feel so, so, so fortunate. he's just been, such a little angel. And, you know, other than a little bit of a, some lack of sleep, I, I really have nothing to, to complain about. It's been for sure challenging to be away from family and friends, of course. Um, and it's definitely a, um, a challenge on the relationship. I hate to like even put this out there. Cause I remember people telling me all the things that were going to be challenging about being a mom. And I always just wanted to say, shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't tell me these things, but I, I have, we, uh, we have learned a lot about our relationship and mm-hmm. it's, it's all, it's all good. Right. Learning is, is all good, but it's definitely, um, it changes things for sure. And it's, it's, I mean, it's life changing in general, mm-hmm. but for me, it's been just, nothing but wonderful. That's, that's amazing. And yeah, I mean, the people saying like all the, the stuff that's hard, I, I'm such a big fan of sharing it out loud though. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think that, um, and I, I think I shared this before on a different conversation, but we're so good at like hiding all the shitty parts Totally. and then you're like, you become a mom or like, you, you start trying to have a baby or whatever it is. And you're like, what the fuck? Why didn't anyone tell me this was so (laughs) fucking hard, you know? So I feel like I I've been totally celebrating people being like, you know, and it's not like a, you know, this is hard. Feel sad for me. It's like, Hey, just like FYI, this is hard. And it's like the coolest thing ever. Right. Yeah. But it is so important to know that it's hard. And it is, I do think it's really important too to know as you're going into it that like, I think it really truly is. I mean, I'm only one person, but I think it really is a very different experience for each individual. And so yeah. like, I remember doing all of this research on YouTube about like all the things that I needed to prepare for postpartum, all the things that I needed to prepare for in the birth, all of the things mm-hmm. that I needed to pre- prepare for 
you know, as being a mom. And I really do think that like every single situation is just so freaking unique and everybody goes through it in their own way. And it's another one of those things where it's just like, if it's something you want to do in life, like you got to just jump and be ready for whatever comes your way. Cause it, it could be a myriad of experiences. You just totally really know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly, it's your journey. It's your partnership. It, it you know, it's all, there's no exact equation that looks like yours. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's great. That, that means yeah. that you, you know, you're, you're able to use like your instincts and make just that situation yours. Yeah, totally. It's life, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I always like to say this about like negative emotions and negative things too. Like if we didn't have all of the negative shitty stuff, we wouldn't even know how good it feels to feel good and feel happy and feel love and right. Right. So you gotta be kind of grateful for the shitty stuff that, that happens too in life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hold space for it because the, what goes down must come up. Yeah. I think it's the opposite, but like, we'll just, <laughs> I think that's, that's like a I'm gravity quote thing. You. <laughs> I think it has to do with science, but I like it the opposite way where Listen, it's going to be up. I'm quoting you. I'm making a <laughs> meme out of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally into it. Um, I I'd love my face to be on more memes, you know, I would too. (laughs) And if I were a graphic designer, I would put your face on memes all over this world. So they have meme generators. I'm not encouraging this behavior, but I'm just saying it's out there. I live way behind the times over here. So you got to tell me about this stuff. I don't know anything about meme generators. There's this thing, Kelly called the internet. I said, I even know what a meme is. Yeah. Here they call it a meme. A meme. I love it so much. I remember hearing that. What do they call a gif? A heef? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Heef. A heef. I don't know. They freaking <laughs> sound so weird over here. <laughs> I, don't I love I when they up. use like English words in a way that they're not used. Like um, they say, I'm going to go footing. Oh, like as meaning running. Oh, like I'm going to go. <laughs> no sense. Pooping. Pooping. Oh yeah. Classic Spanglish. <laughs> well, are hey, you coming back over here. Oh my That's God. I, question. Well, yeah, I got to get out there. It's, um, We'll probably do like allowed now, just so you know, that's amazing. Yeah. We're still kind of waiting on Glasgow for, you know, Chris's family to figure their life out. And so what I'd love to do is a Spain, uh, Scott, Scotland one, two punch. Uh, amazing. So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be letting you know about our, yeah. our plans. Gosh, I, I feel like this conversation sounds so fancy. Like, I don't know. We're just going to like hit up a couple of countries. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that is a fiance is from this side of the pond, man. He is. He is my forever fiance at this point. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I know I will. Um, but yeah, so that's the plan. Well, Hey, Word. this has been like pretty cute. I'm pretty sure it's been my favorite hour has been an hour of, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say my life. Okay. Of my life. I'll take it. I'm <laughs> quoting that and making a meme out of that word. <laughs> forget the marriage, forget the, having the Listen. child. This is the hour of your life. 
A little yep. Katie Smith and Kelly Pierce time. <laughs> it's been good. It's good. Been good for many a moon. Many, I many. Would say, a moon. I would say. Well, I've got a couple of my hot tamale questions for you. Oh, what yeah. is that? Okay. Oh. So it's something I installed that is nothing like any other podcast where they do rapid fire questions because they're called hot tamales. Right. So, so they're different. fully different. Um, Completely. And yeah, just a couple to like have now us I'm like really nervous. Dig a layer I, I was nervous before. They're pretty easy. And uh, they're, they're softballs, if you will. Um, so oh. we'll just get into them. So uh, numero uno, what does bliss mean to you? Ooh, gosh. Oh, man, Kate, I thought these were softballs. Ah, dang it. Sorry about that. Darn it. Bliss. Um. I think that bliss is really just not, not suppressing the things that come up for you that you know that you've got to do, like following those gut feelings Mm -hmm. and just following them wherever they may lead you and being willing to, to go through whatever those emotions are that they, that they take you through. But I feel like, um, so much suffering is caused by us suppressing all of those things, all of our deepest wants and our deepest desires that we, we don't let come through because of, of fears really. Oh, I don't know. That was a really good answer (laughs) because especially because that hit me really hard. Cause like, I feel like I suppress things that scare me all the time. Like everyone does. Yeah. So, um, no, that was, um, we're going to give that an A plus answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, th- th- Hit me wait. with another one. All right, see, you're ready now. Confidence <laughs> is ready. Speaking of confidence, how do you oh, no. channel confidence? Oh, no. <laughs> I would say confidence is my biggest mountain to climb, um, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people. But how do I channel it? Well, I, I've actually recently learned this technique that allows me to do just that. So, um, have you heard of anchoring? Maybe keep going. Probably. Well, so you can actually like bring yourself kind of like what I was telling you before about how, like, you know, think of a time when you were really, really happy and you can go back there. Right. Mm -hmm. You can actually, once you have those emotions kind of bubbling up in your, in your body, you Mm -hmm. can actually, um, a lot of times we use our knuckles to anchor. So you can actually hold your finger down on one of your knuckles Mm -hmm. and anchor that feeling in. And then later on down the road, when you want to bring that feeling up again, you can touch your knuckle and it physically makes you feel like that. It's nuts. Yeah, totally. So that is one really good way to channel confidence. Um, but so you're like, so you're like, I I need to be more confident. mm -hmm. And then you go through this exercise of like, you go, you bring yourself to a moment when you felt your most confident and you put yourself there in your head and you visualize the whole thing. And you really, really, really like, see what you saw, feel what you felt, hear what you heard, like really put yourself there to the point where like literally those emotions are bubbling up in your body. And then that's when you, yeah, anchor that emotion in. And then later on down the road, when you want to bring it back, you just tap, tap, tap on that knuckle. On that knuckle. Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Tap it's pretty on nuts. That nu- that's but amazing. I mean, 
even if, even if you don't know how to do that, I feel like uh, a really great way to channel confidence is just to bring yourself back to a time when you felt really confident because Mm -hmm. you can, you can channel any feeling that you want to feel really at any time by doing that. Yeah. I I think that's such good advice in general is to just channel anytime there's self-doubt, just remember a time where you did it great, you know, because there are those times for sure. There's no, yeah, no question. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Next one. When shit gets tough, what's the first thing you try to remember? Ooh, man, Kate, these Mm. are hot tamales. We just really dig in here. First thing I try to remember when shit gets tough. Um, that it's, that it's temporary mm-hmm. and that it's just a moment in time and that I've been through tough shit before and, yep. and everything passes. Right. Yeah. That's I great. Mean, that's what goes down know. must come up <laughs> as the great Katie Smith once said. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. Perfect. So good. Um, Ooh, this is going to be an interesting one. Cause I don't know if it'll be a bilingual situation. Oh, snap. Probably not. Cause I know your love of music is the same as mine. What song do you play to jump into beast mode? Okay. So, um, beast mode. Ooh, it's, I feel like I have two different beast modes. Tell, tell us about them <laughs> and the songs <laughs> associated. <laughs> So one of the beast modes is just like super pump up. And I think of it more as like physical activity beast mode. Like if I'm working out or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be straight up Eminem yeah. eight mile dude. Like, <laughs> I like I don't even know if I've listened to music since I stopped listening to Eminem. Like fair in a long time. Um, so there's that really embarrassing one. And the second really embarrassing one would be Wilson Phillips. Hold on. <laughs> that is such a classic <laughs> Kelly Pierce answer. <laughs> I should like that one. And what, what beast mode is that? Just- When's the last time you listened to that song? Seriously? I mean, it's, I want um, you to turn it on as soon as we're done and done. tell me if you don't feel beast mode, you know, what? I'm going to play it for the intro of the podcast. I don't care if I get sued okay. for like rights or whatever, like okay. people need to hear the song. Okay. Maybe I do Wilson care about Phillips that. will want to sponsor you. After oh, that. oh my God. Sponsored by Wilson. Wilson Phillips. <laughs> Can they do that? I hope so. First, oh there's God. a first time for everything. <laughs> and what kind of beast mode is that for? Um, good question. <laughs> I was gonna let it go and then I was like no nah just like a, a a like when I'm feeling down and I need to feel up you yeah. know like a confidence beast mode yeah like a like a you know hold on for one more day beast yeah. mode you know what I'm saying I do I do but it's really those not are, the definition of beast mode you were hoping for something Beyonce and I just <sighs> no I, I, I was hoping, I was thinking some like 90s R&B or or rap oh, or something like oh, that. That would have been good. I mean, all a little SWV. Yeah. See. Yeah. See. I know you have. Or like. Been. Yeah. I don't. I haven't listened to anything in so long. I live in a really a whole different world over yeah, here. I really yeah. need to listen to more music. Um. Okay. Well, those were great answers. Like I have 
like my face hurts from smiling. So this is good. (laughs) Okay. Last one. You're almost done. Oh my goodness. The number one way that you care for your mental health. Ooh. Uh, um, a morning routine. So Mm. I just wake up, um, 10 to 15 minutes early. And I, I actually try to give myself a lot more time than that now with the baby. Cause you just kind of never know. So I always want to make sure that I get it in. And I just, I do a little meditation and mm. I do a little bit of journaling and I just get my head in the right space for the day. And when I don't do it, I just, I, I tend to feel off. And when I, when I don't do it for a long amount of time, I realize that I'm avoiding it and that I'm kind of slipping into a little bit of a funk. And so it's kind of a good baseline for me to know how I'm doing, but yeah, kind of just sets me up for the day. I love that. That's great. Yeah. That's a good one. Hey, meditations come up a lot with people lately and I am really trying to start to dabble and it getting your mind, right? Like what a simple concept. I mean, very difficult one, but to just sit there and pay attention to what's going on in there before you yeah. let the day, I, I describe a lot of my days as shooting out of a cannon because mm-hmm. it's like, and go, especially with yeah. her. And so to have that moment of like preparation is incredible. It's huge. So I, I want to say two really important things on that. One is that meditation is not, at least for me, it is not easy. I've been doing it for a lot of years and like, I finally feel like it does something for me. So if you are just dabbling in it and for anybody who's just dabbling in it, like just keep doing it, even if you don't feel like it's doing anything for you, because it, it is. And eventually you'll realize that it is. Yeah. And the canon thing for sure. Like, um, I heard someone say at some point, and so I say it all the time now, um, is that like, you can't let your day start off being controlled by like whoever's emailing you or whoever's Mm -hmm. on social media, or that just can't be like their priorities and their mindset and their lives can't be the way that you start off your day. Right. You just got to put yourself first and prioritize yourself first. And every time that you prioritize yourself first and you build self-trust by doing what you say that you're going to do, that is a huge confidence builder. That has been a huge key for me too. Doing what you, keeping your promises to yourself. So if you tell yourself that you're going to wake up 10 minutes early every day, Mm -hmm. actually doing it. Yeah. Because if you, if you know that you're not going to do it, you've got to just not promise it to yourself. Right. Because what happens is your brain starts to not even believe you. Like, imagine if a friend told you, Katie, I'm going to call you tomorrow. And then they didn't. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, so, so sorry, but I'm going to call you tomorrow. And then they didn't. And then they were like, oh, listen, I'm just so busy. I'm so sorry, but I swear to God, I'm going to call you tomorrow. Yeah. And then they didn't like, how long would you sit around by the phone waiting for this friend? Probably right. Not that long. You probably right. be like screw you. You're a liar. Mm-hmm. And so that's what our own brains are doing with us every time yes. we say, "I swear I'm going to the gym tomorrow." Yeah. You know what I mean? So we've got to like either not make the promises to ourselves that we know we're not gonna keep, or keep them. Yeah, I love that. And and I feel like if you don't keep them, you're perpetuating that negative self talk, which is also so yes. ugly. Because then it's like you know, you wouldn't tell your friend, um, you didn't call me, you're a piece of shit, but like, 
but you right. definitely do that to you yourself. Say that to yourself. You know, sure. I didn't, I didn't uh, go to the gym this morning. I'm a piece of shit. Totally. Um, so it's also like keeping those promises allow you to feel better about your decisions Absolutely. or like chilling the F out about your situation. And right. Give yeah. yourself a little grace. Yeah. Family time. <laughs> That's funny. <sighs> oh. Anyway, yeah. no I'll pieces of shit here. Just kidding. <laughs> just you're a piece of shit. <laughs> um, oh my god, just clip that, clip that, make a gif make out of it or something. Sound bite. Yeah, one of the cool names. All right. Anyway. Well, listen, this has been whoa. I could do this all day. Yeah. How yeah, long is too long for like. a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We're now Probably on our like 25th now. hour. <laughs> um of recording um this thank you so much i am so delighted we made this happen i have been fangirling you for you have no idea how long i'm just waiting for your message to come into my (laughs) inbox inviting me on your (laughs) podcast so this is like the joy of my life i am so flattered Imagine how it's going to feel when I'm sponsored by Wilson Phillips. It's going to be huge. And, and you're going to be a guest on my podcast when I start one. A thousand P. We'll see if Eminem wants to sponsor that one. Yeah. I'd be delighted to, to share, to allow you to have first dibs (laughs) at the Eminem sponsorship. (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't make any like crazy requests on like airtime or anything. I mean, he can come on. I mean, I'd be cool with that. I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank All you right, again. Girl. I think, Hey, thank I think you. it's like close to dinner time there. You probably have a baby who's like, Hey mom, like, where are you at? Like all those things. Yep. He's actually okay. just ramming his toy into the door right now. Oh my God. Perfect. Should, you know, just check on him. Just see what's going on. Just see what's going on out there. All right. He's well, with that, just so everybody doesn't think oh, okay. I'm like a bad mom that I've just left him locked outside the door with a toy. <laughs> anyway, here's the toy. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, enjoy your evening. Thanks, Thank you girl. so, so much for Thank you. being on. You're and a delight. I adore you. I adore you right back, boo boo. All right. Besos. Besos. Adios. Adios.